Hi, welcome back to First Generation, a podcast for the first generation Asian kids navigating adulthood. This week, I speak with my friend Denny, who was born in Taiwan, grew up in Argentina, and then moved to Hong Kong for university. We talk about how his family decided to move from Taiwan to South America, how he had to quickly learn Spanish when he moved at the age of 12, and how because he's lived in different places during the more formative years of his life, he doesn't feel a full sense of belonging in either place. But what I really appreciated about our conversation was that Denny is really able to embrace life in the in-between. He sees how being both Taiwanese and Argentinian adds color and possibility. I loved seeing Argentina and Taiwan through his eyes. Um, and so we spend time just reflecting on the quirks of each culture. I hope this reminds you to take note of how your own bicultural identity brings meaning and positivity to your own life. Thanks for joining, Denny. Um, you're, you're one of the first friends that I met in Hong Kong. And I remember the first time I met you and we like just chit-chatted you told me that you actually speak three different languages yeah um so you're fluent in Spanish you're you're fluent in English obviously and then also in Mandarin Chinese so mm-hmm. I remember just being super flabbergasted I was really surprised so can you walk me through again like where were you born and like how did you end up knowing Spanish so fluently I was born in Taiwan, so basically Mandarin was my mother tongue. And then second language I learned was English because I was studying in the, the bilingual school. And then later on, I started learning Spanish when I moved to Argentina after elementary school. How did it happen? Oh, yeah, right. My mom, I remember just right before I graduated from elementary school, she asked me in the car, Danny, do you want to go somewhere else? And I'm like, Sure, why not? Argentina? Like your dad? I'm like... Wait, you were in sixth grade when your mom asked you if you wanted to go somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's the same backstory as my uh, my dad. My dad moved to Argentina when he was 12, and I moved to Argentina when I was 12, too. Because mm. uh, military service has always been uh, a pain mm. in people's life in, in Taiwan, because you have to do military service. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. For... used to be two years. I remember the policy was two years. Wait, so you were born in Taiwan, and then around, you said sixth grade, yeah. your, your mom asked you this. Where was your dad at the time? Uh, he moved back to Taiwan, too. Oh, okay. But that he, was mm-hmm. very, a long time after he graduated from, from Argentina. So he wa- he moved to Argentina from Taiwan? From Taiwan. Oh, and then he went back to, to Taiwan, and that's yeah. where he met your mom? Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, so that's kind of how you you guys started thinking about moving to Argentina from Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I was pretty much alone in Argentina, living with my grandparents, because my dad still had to work in Taiwan. So in the first two, three years, two years, I think. How, how was your life in Argentina? Like, what was it like to kind of be in a new country where you didn't speak the language at first right like how was the process of getting used to that oh my god i was i was devastated like i went to school <laughs> I, I went to school there right and i, I wasn't that good in english mm. i was i had no idea how to speak spanish mm-hmm. and then my uh, all the people around me all the kids around me none of them spoke chinese so I had to force myself to speak English. Mm-hmm. And also, little by little, I started learning Spanish. Because mm-hmm. my cousins, they're, Argent- they're actually Argentinians. Oh, because you said your granddad was the one who initially you know, moved the family over. So that's why you yeah. have cousins yeah, yeah, who yeah, are yeah. from there. Yeah. So then, okay, you got used to it. 
you how did how did you grad so you gradually became fluent in Spanish from school and then I, I'm assuming like the friends you met there. When I first went there, I used to hang out with a lot of Latinos. Mm. And then that's when I started to to actually grow in, in Spanish. It actually became dominant. Uh-huh. And then in high school, my, my social circle just kind of took a turn. And I started hanging out with the Americans, the gringos. So... Yeah, I think I asked you this earlier. I was like, yeah. what does that mean? So, <laughs> yeah, what how, does that mean? That's just how we call it the Americans. I remember. Why did we get a special name? Like, do the Canadians get a name? No, it's just the way it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> for uh, the thing is, in Latin America, they, mm-hmm. they, they don't like the United States. Uh, they, they think that the United States is the terrorist. You know, mm-hmm. how, you know Hugo Chavez, right? Mm-hmm. It's, he's pretty much the, the person who unites South America. And then he's being perceived as a, as a villain, as a dictator mm-hmm. but to a lot of people in latin america Hugo Chavez was kind of sort of like a great leader mm. yeah yeah i remember when i went to i mean my own my only exposure to uh south america was when i went to peru um a couple of years ago and i i don't really know what was going on but i just saw protests happening at this park and there was the american flag everywhere with like an x kind of a red x mark drawn around it and people were super passionate. Obviously, I was just kind of gathered. I, I gathered around to watch. Um, but yeah, I think that was like the first time that I had a visceral experience where I realized like America's reputation abroad is quite bad. Yeah, and Latin um, America, it's pretty bad. I'm yeah. sorry. So, okay. And then you moved from um, Taiwan to Argentina and then eventually... Uh, I think you were like 18, you told me. That's when you moved to Hong Kong. Yeah, I finished high school and then I did my uni here Mm. in Hong Kong. Why did you want to come to Hong Kong? I guess it's just the nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Because when the the time I spent in Argentina, at that time I still uh, a little bit of homesick, I guess. Mm. I still miss the the, the Asian culture, the Taiwanese Taiwanese culture. Mm. And so I decided to go to Hong Kong instead of going back to Taiwan because the uni, the the teachings they have there, it's all in Chinese. Your Chinese isn't good enough? I'm Chinese isn't good enough. Mm. Yeah. And then I I saw that in Hong Kong, they use English as a base. Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided Hong Kong instead of going back to Taiwan. Yeah. And where do you like consider home? Because I think that's when we've talked about, you know, whether or not you see yourself kind of staying in Hong Kong for like how much more time, right? Yeah. Like obviously you've been here since you were 18. Yeah. So I think that's already been like seven years. Um, So yeah, where do you think of as home? You know, I actually had this uh, similar conversation with a friend of mine. Mm. She's also Taiwanese, but she spent part of her life in US as well. I think it's really similar to me. I asked her the same question, and then she she actually told me that she felt like an alien. I guess we don't really have a sense of belonging anymore, because mm. we pretty much spend the entire life living in different areas. So for me, Argentina, Taiwan, and Hong Kong, they're all my homes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always a place to go to. But what do you mean by that sense of belonging isn't there? Because for me, I like our backgrounds are actually quite different right like i have roots in the u.s like when i think of home i definitely think of the u.s i don't Mm. think of asia um obviously asia gives me or like hong kong specifically or or even china gives me more of it does remind me of home in some ways in a weird way like of a home that i've never really known 
um, but it still feels familiar. But when I think of home, home, I think of the U.S. Whereas it sounds like because you've moved around in yeah. like these large chunks of time, like twelve years in Taiwan, and then another like big chunk in Argentina, and then it's another like twelve, huge... seven, and eight. Mm. If I say that I'm Taiwanese, I don't feel like I'm completely. I'm a complete Taiwanese because there are some things that I don't really know. For example, the history of Taiwan, I don't know that much. And then if I say I'm Argentinian, but my skin, I'm not really an Argentinian.、Mm. Yeah. And then I guess it's the same for Hong Kong because I I just、uh, moved to Hong Kong after eighteen years.、Mm. So that's what you mean by you don't fully feel like there's a sense、mm-hmm. of belonging. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm. I I guess like how has that is that like a You don't. I guess it doesn't have to be a good or bad thing. But no, like, I made peace with it. <laughs>、uh, it's not. It's not really affecting me at all. I still can go to places wherever I want to.、Mm. Yeah. So, I still want to go back to visit Taiwan. It's such a beautiful island, and I also want to go back to Argentina because there's so many things to do in Argentina. Like、mm. you can go ski. You can't do that in Taiwan. Like, cause cause the season is pretty much opposite. Like here right now, it's winter over there. It's、mm. summer. I like to go back during winter. Oh yeah, that would be perfect if it wasn't for COVID. <laughs> yeah, cause、uh, normally people would just spend their winter vacation、mm-hmm. to go to the south to ski.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How easy or common is it to kind of travel between different countries in South America? Because obviously in Europe, you can kind of like. Hop on a train and just get everywhere、um, throughout Europe. But like, what is is there an equivalent to that in South America? Still by plane. We don't have a a very、mm-hmm. you know well built railway system where it connects all、mm-hmm. all the countries in South America, or、mm-hmm. either traveling by car, buses, you know.、Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing because we have a thing called Medical Sur,、mm-hmm. which、what、is, is basically it's、um, like a union a union ID card. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that allows you to travel in 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 Latin in South America without the need of you know visa. With、oh. you don't have to apply visa for it. You can just travel with that card. Oh, so you can just like book a flight anywhere, provide that number, yeah, and yeah, then be、exactly. able to travel. Yeah, oh, that's really that's、cool. basically like your travel document for yeah. Latin America. Yeah, you kind of mentioned like why your dad moved to Argentina.、Um, my grandpa also. Well, he didn't go to Argentina, but he moved from I think Hong Kong to Colombia at one point.、Uh-huh. And like, I honestly don't know that part of my family's history much. I just knew that he, for some reason, like moved there、um, as like a way. Apparently, it was easier to go to the U.S. from South America. It was easier. It was easier because、mm-hmm. going back back around that era,、mm-hmm. I say it was hard to get a visa to get into U.S.、Mm-hmm. And then South America was a lot easier. So back when my grandparents wanted my dad to go to Argentina, we already had like a、um, a service there in Argentina、mm-hmm. to help people from Taiwan to get the visa and then just immigrate to Argentina.、Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, so you said your granddad? When was this? Because in the U.S.,、um, I do I believe the Chinese Exclusion Act was still in effect. So maybe that would explain why it was easier to kind of get a visa. Um, from South America, as opposed to directly from, like, let's say China. But in your case, it was Taiwan, so I don't know if that's any different. Okay, so you you mentioned that your family,、um, half of your family, is still in Taiwan. So I guess how how then does Taiwan kind of compare to Argentina?、Mm. What do you think are like the main cultural differences that you've noticed? 
Well, culturally, I think people are more open in Argentina than in Taiwan because I think it's just the Asian thing in our uh, education. We try to be very careful with what we say. Mm. But in Argentina, they're so open. They talk about anything. Mm. Yeah. We're are you s- talking about politics or beyond politics? It's not just about... No, not just politics. Mm. Just uh, anything. Mm. They're so open to anything. Like the atmosphere mm-hmm. is just... Very lively. Yeah, very lively. And in Taiwan, I guess you don't get to experience the same unless you start the conversation first. In Taiwan, when you go to a random place and you want to talk to people... Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, who's this they're... crazy person? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. We don't know you. We don't mm-hmm. know you. Therefore, we're not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. But in Argentina, it's just like, oh, they see you. They just approach you and start talking to you. And they, make you, and they actually make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I guess, where does Hong Kong fall within that spectrum of openness? Because it seems to me that people in Hong Kong are quite open with starting random conversations, too. Is mm. that where, where... In Hong Kong, because when I go outside, if, I don't, if, if I'm not the first person to talk, they won't talk to you. I guess you, uh, you're the same, right? I mean, mm. you're, the, you're the first one to talk always or not? In Hong Kong? Yeah. No. I think the New Yorker in me is like, no, nah, don't talk to me. Huh. <laughs> if I'm taking the train, like, best believe, do not talk to me. Oh, my God, on the train, um, yeah, for yeah. sure. So I actually, it's the opposite. Like, because I'm in New York, like, I think there's an air of, there's always, like, some distance between mm. you and other people, right? You kind of live in your own bubble, like, on the train, um, even though it's we're always packed like sardines. But I think the kind of social pact is, like, please don't disrupt my commute yeah. i'm not going to serve yours isn't it the same in hong kong i guess so because yeah. i see every so every to me single it's time it's not weird at all but yeah. it, it sounds like it is um very different from it is very different because say if i go on if i'm taking a bus right mm. you don't you don't normally see strangers talking to each other and pretty much everyone would just be on their phone yeah and it's like yeah that. i would say new york is the same but then you have like the random street performers yeah. which is kind of cool yeah, yeah to yeah. break it up a little bit yeah oh we have that in argentina too mm. yeah i think i read somewhere um some article about like high trust versus low trust communities mm. and it was something about like high trust communities tend to have this sort of openness right where like yeah you can hit up a conversation with the stranger and it's not weird it's actually reciprocated and normal whereas in low trust societies you tend to have the more like yeah, i'm staying in my bubble not that people are not nice right it's just that like there is this idea of yeah i'll keep to myself yeah. and then um obviously if you need help for with directions and stuff like yeah i'll help you but beyond that like i'm living you're living we're just living separately <laughs> yeah i mean people aren't really comfortable with talking to each to to strangers here mm-hmm. in asia yeah but that's that's a different story. Or at Argentina. least in the places you've been, right? What, yeah. what places in Asia have you been in? Uh, been Taiwan, Japan, Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, Shanghai. Wow, I think um, you are more than bicultural. Uh, like bicultural just means that you sort of have a native perspective from two different cultures. Well, you're trilingual. I guess you're still bicultural because it's mainly Argentina and Taiwan before you came to Hong Kong. Yeah. Like that was what yeah. shaped your childhood. Uh, bicultural individuals may be more able to flexibly shift their behaviors in culturally appropriate ways depending on their cultural environment. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like this idea that like, okay, um, this part of me I'll show more of or embrace more of when I'm in Argentina. And then this other part of me I'll show more of when I'm in Hong Kong slash Taiwan. Yeah. For me, I try to blend in. Depends on what the culture is. Like mm-hmm. in Argentina, I'd be more open. 
But mm-hmm. here, I guess I'll be just more, uh, ah, bit more yeah. close to myself, you know? Because, yeah. yeah, people around here, they... Are a little less open to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I first came to Hong Kong, I tried to behave the same way I behaved in Argentina. Mm. But the more I stay here, I started to realize I actually have to adjust a little mm. to, to actually, like what I said, blend in. Because mm. it's different culture. You can't, you can't really um, behave the same way as you always do. Because mm. it's, it's more like you're trying to be respectful. Mm. Um, my, I don't think I changed my personality. I just changed my behavior. Interesting. So you just flexibly adapt your behavior, but it doesn't really change fundamentally who you are. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just reflecting on because I I'm bicultural. I'm not trilingual, though. Right. Mm. But um, when I psychoanalyze myself, um, I feel like I'm generally quite collaborative. This is like feedback that I've gotten. But when I was younger, I would call it like I'm being a chameleon in a way. Right. Like you kind of show different parts of you to different people you adapt your behavior and how you how you speak mm. because you know the outcome that you want to achieve so you're like mm, like how does this person like to be spoken to i feel like generally in hong kong what i've noticed is it works better to be a little bit more softer Soft, yeah yeah and then in the u.s it definitely works a little better to be more direct um so yeah I'm and, pretty and sure both parts are you know, part of mm. who you are is just... It also happens in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Like you also want to butter up things. Yeah. You don't want to be too direct because yeah. you don't want to hurt the other you person. You frame things like a question, but you're really just saying, please do this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's a, a, a Hong Kong culture and a Taiwanese mm-hmm. culture as well. I think mm-hmm. it's overall Asian it, Chinese culture. But yeah. it's funny because actually in some ways, I feel like Hong Kong is so direct. Even though maybe in a work setting, it works better to be in a work meaning like in our office environment like mm. you and i work at the same company i do feel like being softer does help uh oh that's what i realized too it's like a very different like the living and navigating hong kong outside of work is so much more direct uh, meaning asking for directions or ordering off the menu everyone's just like chop 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 like what is your order what do you want like why are you standing here yeah the thing <laughs> so is, i remember in my first job i was being too direct and my coworkers told me that i had to Rewrite my it down. yeah, tone it down. Rewrite my emails, make it, uh, butter off the words, and then before you send it, I was like, mm. Do you think in Argentina, like, like I guess on the scale of being direct versus being a little bit more um, softer with words, where do you think? Oh Argentina no, they are falls? direct. They're very direct. Yeah, and they're very talk. Like I said, they're very talkative. Talkative. That's why we have a lot of lawyers yeah. in Argentina. I guess that makes sense. You know, tying back to the whole like high, um, what, what do I call it? high trust? Yeah. Right, like. Maybe you, because there's high trust, like you can just be direct and know that the other person's intentions are not bad, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, when you start a conversation in Hong Kong, mm. sometimes you say hi and then there's no hi. follow up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but in Argentina, we. Oh, like, how are you? Yeah, we say so much more. And it's like, oh, yeah. That, okay, that's one thing that I hadn't really. Like, I don't know what the right quote unquote, like, local way to yeah. do it is. Like, the American in me always adds filler sent, um, words and conversations um, at the very beginning of a meeting. Like, I'm always like, oh, hey, how are you? Good. My weekend was great. Yeah, it's and to it's make like, everybody comfortable. Yeah. And honestly, I, <clears throat> some, I like judge myself for it, too, because I'm like, what do you expect the other person to say? Like, almost nobody goes and tells you the truth, right? Everyone's like, oh, it was good. My weekend was good. But yeah, I, I've noticed that when... 
Oh, I remember one of my earlier meetings um, in Hong Kong. I walked into the room and everyone was just very, very quiet. And I didn't know whether or not to like walk up and introduce myself and shake their hands, which is like proper behavior in the U.S., right? But um, everyone was just kind of like to themselves. We're waiting for one more super important person. But everyone was really quiet. There was no chit-chatting beforehand. Um, just some differences I've noticed. Trying to see what other differences there there are. Other than people's behavior, people's personality, I guess the arts uh, were very romantic in a way. In arts, in uh, life, everything is romantic. Hmm. You can see it's so beautiful. Like the dance, we have tango. Hmm. And then everywhere you go, even the uh, decorations, they're, they're very... Expressive? Yeah, it is, very, mean, it, yeah. it is very expressive. Maybe just less expressive in some cultures in in asia Mm -hmm. yeah all right so we've really we've reflected about having access to two cultures and in your case having access to three different languages and sort of the insights that you have when you compare and contrast between two cultures that you are a part of one thing i have thought about a lot recently is embracing like the positives of being from different cultures and i've noticed that a lot in my time here whereas maybe like in the u.s i never really felt that way but more and more, I feel like it's so amazing to be able to experience um, things firsthand from two different cultures and, and feel like I'm sort of part of both, if that makes sense. Yeah, interesting because the perks of living in different worlds and different mm. places, when you interact with different people, you know exactly what behavior mm. you have to show. Argentina is really a multicultural place. Mm-hmm. We have all different ethnicities there. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's easier for me to interact with a lot of people, you know, not just locals here, but foreigners as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really fast to adapt to. It's like I'm realizing more and more that um, being bicultural or multicultural is very much an asset. And at the very least, it's given you a reason almost to live in all the places you have, right? Because like your Taiwanese background is what drove you to move here. It's really cool. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and talking about your background and telling me about Argentina because I've never been. I would love to go. So I guess to to wrap, like once I am able to visit Argentina, do I need a visa, by the way? Yes, you do. You do. <laughs> you do? actually you actually need a referral uh, too. Oh, can you refer me? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it has to be referred by a friend or something. It just a friend or any yeah some someone you know who lives in Argentina. Oh, but you don't live in Argentina. Not now, but I have a citizenship so I can. So oh my gosh. Okay, so you're going to give me a visa. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not for me to decide. <laughs> okay, fine. You'll refer me for the visa, but where should I go in Argentina when well, I visit? For sure, one top place. Top places. Mm-hmm. Give me one top place. Oh my god. Well, Buenos Aires, <laughs> uh-huh. definitely. Uh-huh. Because that's the <laughs> capital. Okay. But then, but then Bariloche, that's uh-huh. the south. You have mm-hmm. to go there during winter. Hmm. But it's 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 really. <laughs> you know, I like the cool. No, no, but it's pretty there during during the winter. Okay. Yeah, you'll like it. All right. Well, I'm just gonna make you write out an itinerary for me for when I visit. After yeah. you also refer me for the visa. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Denny. Um, I'll I guess for everyone who's listening. 
Thanks so much for choosing to spend time with this pod. Um, some of you have personally messaged me about how certain episodes resonated with you. And honestly, you have no idea how happy that makes me. So let's keep it going. If there's any topics or, you know, thoughts you'd like to dissect, please, please, please shoot me a message. You can find me on Instagram at first generation pod. That's first generation, the name of the podcast, and then pod short for podcast at the end. Um, or you can email me directions are in the description. All right. Well, I'll catch you in two weeks. Ciao. Gracias. Jennifer. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.